started as any other day. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Mob. Yes, it's our Christmas show. Yes, we're excited. Yes, Ryan, Dr. Love Beats McCarthy is off tonight. He was delivering presents to an orphanage, got stuck in the chimney. No one knows he's there except for us, but we had to do this show. So here we are. How you doing over there, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Pretty fucking great. I love Christmas. It's probably my favorite holiday. Really? Yeah. You don't feel stressed out at all or anything like that? Oh, beyond stressed out. Yes. But I still love it, man. What do you love about it? I love hanging lights. Now, I haven't done it at the house yet because it would only be me looking at them. So that's not really worth it to me. But now, now I have a mini me. So when he's older in about, I'll give it another year or two, maybe a year and a half year and a half i don't know whatever the next maybe two christmases let's say that and i'll start yeah are you gonna yeah so next uh july <laughs> christmas uh, yeah <laughs> july christmas after next you'll christmas in july okay. we hang lights well that's cool um well i, mean, I can get you being a, a new dad that it would be exciting especially it's going to be a lot of fun as he gets older and you know yeah. that's it's really it's for the kids yeah. christmas is a special holiday for the kids yeah and so that'll be nice it's a holiday for me too. I love giving presents. That's that's number two, possibly number one. I'm not really ranking them. I'm just telling you why I love Christmas. I love giving presents. Don't mind getting them, but I think I'm good at it. And so there's that. Well, that's nice. I don't yeah. think I've ever gotten a present from you. I bring a present to you every time I come over. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. No, that's true. You are very uh, generous. And I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, well, that's cool, man. Yeah, I didn't you, realize you thought so highly of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, what, I don't know if I can think of another holiday that, that I like as much. Name one. Oh, Halloween easily no. is my favorite. I, I do like Halloween. I do like Halloween. Um, but I like Christmas better. I hear you. But I don't care for Thanksgiving. So. No, I agree. It, I'll tell you, I agree with you about Thanksgiving, but I'll tell you what my least favorite holiday is. Oh, let's hear it. New Year's. It's you totally know. fucking overrated. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a stupid fucking holiday. Uh, it's just a chance for places to charge you more just to do the same shit you would do any other night. Yeah. It's a, I, I think it's what you watch a broadcast of people getting drunk on TV. It's, yeah. It's stupid. It's a stupid holiday. Yeah. I don't like it either. I've had one good New Year's in the last like 20 years or something like that. The rest of them been just boring or yeah, just it's very just uh, whatever well, i'm glad um we're doing a christmas show here and i'm glad we got all the cheery shit out of the way oh, i did want to ask you do you like christmas music i actually do yes i'm with you on that a lot of people like when i work at the grocery store would bitch about them playing mm. the christmas music and i was Loved like it. I, I don't mind and plus you're gonna listen to the same shit over and over anyways yeah. yeah i'd rather it be christmas music than the normal shit they play yeah you're gonna hear the top 40 uh, over and over and over and over. And so why not break it up with a little Christmas top 42? Exactly. But you know what I like is the, they're non-traditional Christmas songs. And I'm not talking about like Mariah Carey or some shit. I'm talking about like, 
I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Remember that song? I'm getting nothing for Christmas. And then he goes on to talk about uh, all the shit he did. Like, put a tack in teacher's chair. Somebody snitched on me. No, I, I love that. that fucking part, uh, too. Uh, it you turns just, into a rap um, song. And copyright infringed, though. So oh, you, that you, one's free. I looked you that can't one even, Are you sure? Mm, I looked it up before we came on. Are you on, sure so that's public domain? When did that song public, come out? 1950. Nope. Two. It's a, you, are you, no, we are, we're already getting sued. We already lost the case. All right. Well, I'll put some beeps in there. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I've never heard that song. I oh, guess dude, I'm more, of, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm down with newer Christmas songs, oh, but yeah. I still like the classics. Like the Bing Christmas Crosby tree. Yeah. yeah and all that. Yes, yes, but, yes, yes, yes. But yeah, Love but it. we're going to be like Santa Claus tonight. We're going to take a, a trip around the world. Um, but instead of delivering presents, we're going to be recounting tragedies. Oh. Well, uh, ho, ho, ho. This uh, episode we're calling Better Watch Out. And this first story we call Water Down Under the Bridge. Oh, reminds me of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Let's hear it. Yeah, me too. It really did. <laughs> On Christmas Eve, 1953, at 10.21 p.m., an express train from Wellington to Auckland, New Zealand, with 285 passengers and crew, was approaching a bridge over the Wang, the Wangehu River at Tangawai. You with me so far? Oh, I like all those words you said. Yes. Do you know a lot about New Zealand? I know. Yeah. Okay, so add this to the shows we're going to do, Facts About Finland. I, we're going to do facts about New Zealand, too. Yeah. But, yeah. I'll, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in another show, though. Unbeknownst to the passengers and crew, a sudden lahar, which is a surge of mud-laden water, had washed away the bridge's supports a few minutes prior to the train's arrival. I'm glad you explained that for everybody else out there. Yeah, I know I'd exactly never, what a lahar was. A lahar. Oh, a lahar. L-A-H-A-R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had never heard that term before. So apparently there's a nearby like crater lake and part of the like wall of it uh, subsided and it created this lahar so coming it, down the river. Is it like a wa- more watery mudslide? It's a mudslide. Yeah. Yes. All right. It's like a it's like a flash flood, but it's a mudslide. It's so, a flash mud. It's a flash mud. However, these actions did not stop the train from running onto the bridge, which collapsed, plunging all five of the second class carriages in the river and leaving the leading first-class carriage teetering on the edge of the bridge. So you have all the second-class carriages in the front, and then the I think there's another five first-class carriages right behind them. All the second-class carriages went right into the river, and then the first of the first-class carriages was teetering over the edge. Mm-hmm. And while it was teetering, uh, two train attendants and a passenger went in to help get the passengers out. And I'm going to call them out. Cyril Ellis... William Inglis and John Holman. To them, I say, you're a hero, buddy. Oh, you're hero buddies? Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on um, a second. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that all the first class carriages are at the back? Is it for that exact reason, just in case they get into an, a, like an accident? It fucking worked out pretty well for them in this occasion. Well, I don't, maybe, well, is it safer to be in a carriage in the back than in the front? I would, I I would imagine so. so. That makes sense. Yeah, I would imagine it sure so. Sure as hell was this time. Uh, so while they those guys were in the carriage, um, it actually tumbled off the bridge. So I guess the bridge wasn't very high, um, but they were able to smash a window and help the passengers out. 
<clears throat> of the 24 occupants, only one uh, person died, and it was a girl who was trapped in her seat and drowned. Oh, man. Yeah. Not a good way to go. No. So the death toll consisted of 151, uh, which was 148 of them second-class passengers, and one first-class passenger, which was the little girl we just mentioned. Dang, uh, dude. That's, that's uh, yeah. I thought they were just, when they, I thought you were going to say when they were teetering, they were just like, Throw all your money to the front, and they threw all their money bags to the front, and the the train and just it caused doop. the train. Now all the money bags weren't; they were on the back, they're on the caboose. Um, twenty of the bodies were never found and were presumed to have been carried seventy-five miles, and that's like two hundred and something kilometers, uh, downriver to the ocean. And once Jeez. you're out in the ocean, man, they ain't gonna find you. They ain't never gonna find you unless you're Terry Joe. Duperall from no, our no, no, story. No, no, no. She had a raft. <laughs> I'm saying when you don't have a raft, they ain't going to find you. Uh, among the dead was the fiance of cricketer Bob Blair, who was playing in a match in South Africa at the time. Uh, and he got a standing ovation when he went out to bat after his loss. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. You got any uh, Bob Blair facts for us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, that's the facts about that. And the, the facts I have about that are Bob Blair. Name, Robert Blair. Back to you, Matt. So, uh, what's your takeaway lesson from that story? To buy a first-class ticket on a train, brother. What el- I mean, what else? Because, you know, you can... You never know what's going to happen when you're on a train. But at least we now know that it's better to be in the back of one when something does happen. Yeah, yeah, that's a good lesson. Uh, this next story I call The Weather Outside is Frightful. <laughs> In the early hours of Christmas Day, 1974, <laughs> a Category 4 tropical cyclone named Tracy, oh, Tracy, Tracy the bitch, struck the remote <laughs> northern city of Darwin, Australia. Of course it did. Yes, it did. Before the wind gauges themselves were blown away, they registered speeds of 135 miles per hour. Jeez. So this is not a. So when you think of the term cyclone, what do you think of? Uh, something over the ocean, like a, a tornado over the ocean. <clears throat> I just think of a tornado. Spot. I always thought of cyclones as being interchangeable, the term being interchangeable with tornado. Not me. So what did you think it was? I thought it was a tornado of water. You thought it was a tornado over, over water? Of water. Of or water. Of like, yeah, like, uh, I can explain this. Like, uh, a, a sm- not a small hurricane, because we just said that off mic, and I don't want to say that. But kind of like that, but just more like a tornado, but not a water spout. Bigger than a water spout. Like, yeah, much bigger. But smaller than a hurricane. But smaller than a hurricane. And smaller than a tropical storm. No, more serious than a tropical storm. Oh, so between it, so you thought there was a... a What's le- a typhoon? A typhoon is a hurricane in the Pacific Ocean. Fuck. It's the same thing as a hurricane, but that's what they call them in the Pacific. Well, fuck. Um, I think a cyclone over in Australia is... a is akin to a tropical storm, but I'm not real sure. But so to our Australian listeners or listener, um, (laughs) just let us know. Uh, We have a lot of questions about Australia, to be honest. Um, Yeah. You're on the other side of the world. Send us an upside down email. Let's go. And so, yeah. So the key point though, is they had speeds of 135 miles per hour, which is 217 kilometers per hour, which 
That sounds pretty serious. That's scary. When we had the uh, hurricane last year, I think, and the the winds were just beating on the windows, um, it was only 60 miles an hour. And I remember thinking, oh, shit, this yeah. is scary. This is wild. Yeah. So double so, that and then and add another 10. 15. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. So the cyclone caused uh, massive building and infrastructure damage to all power, water, sanitation, and communications, as well as huge commercial and industrial losses. Um, yeah. Moreover, on the day of the cyclone, most residents of Darwin believed that it would not cause any damage to the city. Cyclone Selma had been predicted to hit Darwin earlier in the month, but it went instead north and dissipated without affecting the city in any way. Uh, as a result, Cyclone Tracy took most Darwin residents by surprise. Darwin, 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 mm. of course. And in case I didn't mention none th- of this. Yeah, I think I mentioned it, but it's like Darwin is pretty remote from the rest of Australia. It's up in the north of the country. And so it's pretty it's pretty isolated from what I understand. Well, not from cyclones. No, no. They're, so Tracy got them. Tracy found them. They're real buddy buddy with the cyclone community. Tracy was like, I'm going to talk to the manager. Mm-hmm. And the manager. They should have called it cyclone. Was in Darwin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, keep I'm, I don't mean to do that. Uh, they should have called it Cyclone Karen. Cyclone Karen, they should have. But, you know, before the Karen thing came around, Tracy was the Karen, for sure. Yes. The name Tracy. I'm sorry if you have the name Tracy. We love you. Thank you for listening, Tracy. Um, but you know you're a Karen, and that's fine. Maybe Tracy is Karen's mom. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know what? Yes, yes, because Karen's the second generation. Yeah. All right. Because mm-hmm. I feel like out. Tracy's kind of an older name. It's more of a 70s, 80s name. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a Southern name. Uh, many residents continue to prepare for Christmas. So, yeah. So they didn't evacuate and they're still uh, preparing for Christmas and attending Christmas parties despite the increasing winds and heavy rain. The cyclone killed an estimated 71 people, including 22 who were lost at sea and left uh, $500 to $600 million worth of damage, which would be about two and a half to $3 billion today. Wow. So the city was pretty much done for. Pretty it. much wiped it out. Yeah. Um, wiped them out. Uh, lost at sea. Were they were they at a Christmas party at sea? Uh, well, What's I think it was a port city or along the coast. So I think maybe they some people drug? were in boats. Did they get drug out? Oh, okay. Or right. maybe we're just near, like along the shore or something like that. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. 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 Roughly, so roughly 30,000 people were left homeless uh, with only 6% of the houses, only 6% of the houses still standing. Oh, that means 94%. 94% of the housing stock was, <laughs> it was uh, destroyed it was by the cyclone. Over 80% of all buildings were either destroyed or seriously damaged. Tropical cyclone Tracy caused the largest ever evacuation and reconstruction operations in peacetime Australia. A total of 35,362 people of the approximately 47,000 populations. I mean, pretty much the whole damn town was evacuated to Southern cities for many months. And it would take four years for the population level of Darwin to reach the same as it had been just prior to the storm. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's so scary. And to be honest with you, I'd be one of those people who did not go anywhere because I'm just, it's just like, nah, it's Christmas time. about to go to this party possibly. Yeah. And just, just be like, oh, they shit. got faked out by the first cyclone. Yep. Like, oh, they ain't gonna do and, nothing, man. And you, it's just a lot. You're just like, oh, this is too much. Maybe I'll just take my chances and stay here. <laughs> I don't feel like going. So, and where do I well, want to go? Apparently, there's nowhere, nowhere, to, nowhere go. to go. Like, there's yeah. no. Other, I, I get the impression that there's not like another major town anywhere nearby to go to. 
So that it's like sucks. you're gonna have to go to the fucking outback like Crocodile Dundee. God, which I know Australians love that reference. Yes, they I do. Know they do. They've written us and told us that. Yeah. So what's your uh, what's your lesson from this story? To maybe to maybe live in the six percent of the houses that were not demolished by the cyclone. So however they made that happen, those people be one of those people. That's what I say. Because otherwise your house gone. And only five thousand it sounds like only five thousand people made it and still live there for a while and the, when you say they got the population back in four years, where it's just the people who remained fucking I, each other and then bringing the population no, back. No, I don't think that's <laughs> what that means. That, that'd be crazy. Um, no, just that the numbers for obviously a lot of people left and never came back. Yeah. And so it took that many years in uh, uh, four years is not that long um, for the overall population level. Like as far as people just moving back there or whatever, or they didn't come back or they didn't come back right away. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously people are going to move there. Land was cheap, I bet. Yeah, and I, I don't mean, mean you know, that's not a joke. That's you don't have to pay for demo; you can just yeah. build. So yeah, you got to give it some sucks. time. But they put a lot of money and effort into rebuilding yeah. uh, Darwin. Well, we hope you are safe out there in Darwin now, and watch yeah. out for the take, cyclones. Uh, take those warnings uh, a little more seriously next time. Yeah, and I uh, hope everybody else who oh, fled is all right. Well, us. before you totally wrap it up, I was going to say it was also because Darwin is so remote. Uh, the rest of Australia and because a lot of infrastructure as far as communications was knocked out. And on top of that, because it was Christmas, there was only skeleton news crews working. Mm. The rest of Australia didn't even find out about it until like later in the day, which given the scale of the tragedy is crazy that it took them so long for the rest of the country to take so long to find out about it. But it was because of those reasons. Yeah. The, the, um, the newscasts were like, and at the very end, they were just squeezed it in there, like, and Darwin's gone now. All right, <laughs> everybody remember, have a remember lovely. Darwin? It's not there anymore. Not there anymore, mate. Merry okay. Christmas. Thank you for watching. Good day. Eat, eat your veggie, mate. <laughs> Good day from Good Day. This next story I call a fire not so delightful. On Christmas Eve 1913, in the town of Calumet, Michigan, many copper miners who were on strike were gathered with their families for a holiday party sponsored by their union, the Western Federation of Miners. The strike, which had started the previous July, had been highly contentious and even violent. This is back in the days when strikes were, they had like, management had like goon squads and stuff, and they'd like beat you up, and I mean, it was, it was pretty, um. So no, now, serious. copper miners were people who went and stole copper from people's like air conditioning units and shit like that, or no, they were digging it out of the ground. Ah, yeah. So gotcha. Apparently, there's a lot of copper in the ground in like in Michigan, Michigan, Upper Michigan, I think. Yeah. So they were having a Christmas Eve party uh, at a big venue in town called the Italian Hall, which was a welcome relief since it had been a tough year for the workers and their families, and they were all gathered for this Christmas Eve party. Very nice. It was being held on the second floor of the hall, uh, and only a steep stairwell uh, was was the only apparent means of access, even though there was uh, a poorly marked fire escape on one side of the building and ladders down the back of the building. Um, oh, I see but, where this but is nobody, going. But nobody knew that shit was there. They only saw the one staircase. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely know where this is going. Yeah. So at some point during the festivities, uh, when the there were over 400 people in the room, someone yelled, Fire. But they yelled it. I, I just, I'm just, I can't yeah. just turn it on just like that. 
Um, upon hearing this, the attendees panicked and rushed for the stairs. In the ensuing stampede, 73 people, including 59 children, were killed. There was no fire. Oh, no. To this day, it is unknown who shouted fire and why, but many people, both at the time and in the years since, including famous folk singer uh, Woody Guthrie, have speculated that it was called out by an anti-union ally of mine management to disrupt the party. Hmm. Very interesting. I think it might have been because they were out of the gabagoo. They were out of the gabagoo. Uh, okay. <laughs> the copper. Oh wait, at least we're an Italian people. They were just an Italian um, hall. They might have. I don't know what. They might have been Italian. Um, that might be why they called it the Italian hall. Maybe. Um, that. Um. So what's your? So lesson? that's why that's illegal. Then that's why you can't say that, right? That is why you, you specifically cannot shout fire in a crowded theater. That's the famous example. Um, but I think that. Uh. The Supreme Court. I think that was a statement in a, from a Supreme Court case. I think it was relating to this incident, um, but surely that was in the 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 mind of, of people at the time. They, they knew yeah. about what happened here. Oh man! The they kids. also had. They also had. Say, say, what again? The kids, man. Yeah. The kids got. I'm sh- sure it was a stampede situation. Crush mm-hmm. a human crush. Uh, yeah. This is and, this this is a rare situation where. You'd have been better off just saying like, you know what, fuck it. If the building's on fire, fuck it. I'm not gonna get out. Right. Or it's a And you'd have been fine. You'd maybe, be the one that lived. Yeah. It might be a situation where you're like, show me the fire first, because you know what, there's too many fucking people here. And I see them rushing all to the stairs and crushing each other. So let me see the smoke. I don't see any smoke. I'm not seeing shit. So let's see it. Yeah, that sucks, man. Fifty nine children. Damn, bro. Somebody's an asshole. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's the sad thing is they never found out who did that, who shouted. But it, everyone agreed that somebody had shouted it, um, but nobody knew who it was. It's definitely which is crazy. You can do something guy. like that in a crowd of people and get away with it because I mean, basically that person murdered fifty nine children, seventy two people. How many was it? Um, yeah, because somebody fucking saw the guy. Seventy three people. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's that guy is responsible for those deaths and. To this day, we don't know who it was. We don't know if it was some. And the thing is, here's just to put a possible other narrative. It, it's possible somebody actually thought there was a fire. Oh. So, oh. Hmm. I mean, hmm. what if it was somebody who genuinely thought it was a fire and like an idiot shouted it and caused that? And it was like, oh, shit. And there's like, I'm just going to. How do you. Uh, like, how would that. How do you I mean, do that, though? You got to go. You got to go to like the people closest to the stairwell and be like, Hey, 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 there's a fire. I don't want you to, please don't panic. I'm trying to get you out of here. I'm trying to get everybody out of here. Go ahead and just go down. You listen, you look fire. Go down, go ahead, go down and do not say it. Don't say it out loud. Just go. Down. Well, go down. That's a good point. So how do you, how do you let a crowded room know that there's a fire without causing a mass panic? And I think back on the um, Beverly Hills Supper Club story mm-hmm. where the guy with the severe social... The, oh, the stage fright. Stage fright. Yeah. Um, and he went up and, and, he used and calmly informed the crowd um, that there was a fire and that they needed to proceed calmly to the exits, which there's no way to, like, I mean, you got to let them know what's going on, but you got to try to stay calm and, and get, keep them calm. 
Yeah. I feel you so, have to. So it's it's because you got either there's no getting around. You got to tell them there's a fire, and that mm-hmm. is inclined to cause people to panic. Yes, but it's a matter of delivery. I think you know it is. If you shout it, like you're in fucking freaking out. I really freak out. other than like seriously individually telling people and then being like, please, you got you got to be like, <laughs> hey hey, listen. Please you believe gotta, me. You gotta, you gotta put your pinky out and get your pinky. Promise me you won't tell anybody this. I have to tell you a secret, and you, we have to hurry up. There's a fire. You have to go. You, have to, you, you promised you can't say it out loud. Go. Just, just tell your partner. Fuck out of here. Just go, go. And you gotta do that to every single. You got a pinky promise like 300 people, 400, 500, 600 people. That would be funny if like the anti-union guy, the, the guy they hired. Let's say that the union did, or not the uh, the management hired an anti-union guy. Like go in there, tell them there's a fire, and like because they're they're thinking they want to cause a stampede. But like the guy totally misunderstood the the point of doing that, so he just went in there and calmly went to all the different groups of people, chatting like, "Hey, hey, there's a fire, there's a fire, there's a fire." And everybody's like, "Thank you so much. <laughs> that was that was great." That's and great. then they're all like, they all just kind of look around like, "No, there's not." And he he has absolutely no effect at all. And management's really pissed off. <laughs> like, like, you're fired. You really suck. You're at your fired. Job. They say, and then they say, you're fired a little bit too loud. And somebody goes, <laughs> and all the management rushes. <laughs> they all crush each other. Fuck, dude. There's our fucking. There's there our, our sketch right there. If there's a real fire, there's one staircase narrow, and there's hundreds of people, and you have to get them down it. And you have to do it in a hurry. There's no way you can do it. Well, other than I don't know. There, there. But that's the thing. There were other exits, and also, um, yeah, you, you gotta just have to shout. You got to be able to tell people what to do at that moment. Yeah. Like, okay, there's exits here and here. Please proceed calmly. That sort of what thing. What you have to do is create a calm atmosphere immediately. You have to cut off all music that's going on if you can. Cut on, cut on all the lights if you can course because the fire might have and knocked all the shit out maybe light some of those candles that those relaxation candles yeah you light some incense and you go guys just use the fire guys some palo santo yeah yeah you get all the evil out of the room and you go guys listen there's a fire we have to get out of here <laughs> single line single line on me place you, you, you just hold your hand up in the air like you're in summer camp on me on three one Two, three, and then all the kids are lying right in front. I, you know about this. We yeah, did this. Yeah. We worked at the YMCA a couple mm-hmm. times. <laughs> One thing I read, the I read an article, and it was like the last sentence was the worst part. There was no fire. I was like, I don't think that was the that worst wasn't part the worst part at all. No, I would say uh, fifty nine children dead. I'd say all the dead That's people probably was the probably part. the worst part. Uh, the fact there was not a fire was probably you know a good thing. Probably the best part. So this next story we call bad tidings. Oh my God. Thank you. Uh, Though much of this happened the day after Christmas, it began on December 25th, 2004. And everybody's going to know this one. In the hours between Christmas day and the day after a massive earthquake registering at least 9.1 on the Richter scale uh, hit just off the West coast of Sumatra. The damage from that alone was devastating as it was felt along the coast but the tragedy didn't stop there. Uh, aftershocks continued to roll as a tsunami of massive proportions gained strength and crashed into many countries surrounding the Indian Ocean. 14 countries hit by the quake and tsunami. More than 230,000 people were killed. Holy Let me shit. say that again. 
In the 14 countries hit by the quake and tsunami, more than 230,000 people were killed. That's an, um, how high does the Richter scale go? I don't know. 10? 10. I think maybe 10. Or just go to fucking 11, man. But 9.1. This scale goes to 11. 9.1 is outrageous. And tsunamis are one of the scariest things that can happen. That you, you, cause you're not even like, man, they just come out of nowhere. They come out of nowhere, my guy. Like, you yeah. just, man. Well, and well, here's so the thing. Scary. Well, there's, there is a warning event that will happen. And if you ever see this, get away from the coast. And that is the water will recede way, way out. out. Um, cause they'll get pulled in. It's getting pulled in by the wave. If you're ever on the ocean, go get the hell out of there. If you see that, if you're ever in the standing, <laughs> If you ever standing chest deep in the ocean and then you're just standing there all of a sudden, <laughs> if you like, if you and the ocean's if gone, you're peeing in the ocean you're, and suddenly you're just pissing on the ground. You're already done. Um, it's too late for yeah, you. Well, you just got to get, just get the fuck out of there. Uh, so I remember, yeah, I remember seeing footage of this tsunami of when the water receded. A lot of people thought it was just crazy and cool. And so they're just going out like, you know, yeah, exploring wow, around and pick, picking up shells wow. and stuff. Um, because they had no idea what was going on. I mean, yeah, I could see people doing that for sure. That would be crazy as fuck. But then, uh, yeah, those people are definitely gone now. Um, rest in peace. Two hundred thirty thousand people. Can you name yeah. some of the countries it hit? Um, Indonesia. Okay. Right. I do remember this. And other countries in the around that neighborhood area? of okay. Indonesia. All right. Yeah. Probably like Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malaysia, maybe mm. India, India, maybe mm. uh, Singapore. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. So you know, yeah. yeah that was, Can you spell tsunami? T S U. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Right. That's right. I have to spell the rest of All it. Right. Well, that fucking sucks for them because they you just don't see that coming, and that's one of the scariest things that can happen. Like, like a tornado just kind of just appears. So right. Well, could, again, there is a little bit of. You see it well, on the coastline, but if you are in, oh yeah, if, if you're, you're inland, inland and you didn't feel fair. the earthquake, I hear you. You're, if the earthquake yeah. happened on a different country, right? And but it caused it on the other side of that ocean, that bitch is coming right. your way. Yeah, they would have no idea. Man, that's fucked. Up. That's fucking scary, man. It's crazy to watch because it's not like a cartoon. Like it's not like the Hawaiian Punch thing where it's, it doesn't come crashing yeah. over. It's just like the water just comes flooding yeah. in, and it's just fucking relentless. It yes. just keeps going in. Yep. 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 So this next story. Oh, that was it? That was it. Wall yeah, of water. Were, there wasn't I, I didn't figure, you know, that's and that's that was came from an article, by the way. I don't know who wrote it, but that was a little blurb from an article. Um because everybody knows about that. Yeah, that's true. If to go into detail about that would be a multi part episode. You know how yeah, I mean we don't have to know how, how tall it was or nothing like the, that. The key point is that it started on Christmas. Christmas, yes. Yes. This next story I call Roasting on an open fire. Oh, my God. Oh, no. On Christmas Day, 1971, in Seoul, South Korea, at the renowned Taeyonggak Hotel, a fire started after a gas explosion at the hotel. In what is called the worst hotel fire in history, the hotel was quickly engulfed in flames, with the entire expanse lighting up the night. By the time the fire was finally put out, more than 10 grueling hours later, 164 people had lost their lives and 63 were injured. 
and most died of smoke inhalation, and eight people, including the hotel's owner, were arrested. Damn, talk about K-pop. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that meant, but... Yeah, I don't know what that means talk either. Talk about that. So many were unable to find the exit in the darkness, so I guess they didn't have light lit up exit uh, markers, signs, like you're supposed to have. Oh, um, the here fire, we go. The fire department's ladders only reached the eighth floor, trapping those from the ninth to the 22nd stories. Um, at least 38 people died leaping from windows to escape the inferno, Man. some clinging to mattresses in an attempt to survive the fall. Good idea. Jump to death or burn to death? Real quick. Jump to death or burn to death? Jump to death. I think most people would make that decision, and I was thinking that too, but then if jump to death, if you're going to die either way, okay, um, you might save your family on burial costs if you burn to death you know you don't you can't be buried you don't have to be cremated all they need is just something to put you in huh so you know just 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 something to think about because probably you'll die from smoke inhalation anyways what if like some of the family members were standing out there for some of the people who jumped to death and they just threw their dead bodies into the fire right how did this fire start again it was explosion gas explosion a gas explosion Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's a scary thing that can happen too. Oh yeah. Just at your house basically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If you have gas, obviously. Right. Yeah. It'd be crazy if you had a gas explosion. At an, in a, with electric, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened before. Huh. You know what? I, I bet it has. Interesting. 12 helicopters were mobilized to re, uh, try to rescue guests from the roof using aerial slings. And one man fell to his death from a helicopter. Wow. So it, was like, it was like fucking diehard out there. It was just, yeah, they were dying. <laughs> so the uh, people who were arrested, these were the owners and other hotel officials. And were, the helicopter pilot? <laughs> apparently not. Or the guy or the guy working the sling, at least. Yeah. I wonder if, like, you, may, you ever seen that, that that woman getting picked up in the in the um, stretcher and it starts yeah. spinning oh around like crazy? <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad for her, but I laugh so hard when I see yeah. that. Yeah, well, she lived, though, at least. Yeah, she's fine. Um, so... The hotel officials, including the owner, uh, who were charged with carelessness and improper construction, um, and a couple of city officials were charged uh, with negligence. So the design of the building was said to have played a part in the high death toll. The two internal staircases were designed for use in case of lift failures, but not as fire exits. And so they they basically were like chimneys, and they filled with smoke mm-hmm. during the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building had no external uh, emergency staircase. Uh, the walls between the hotel rooms were not sufficiently uh, fire resistant, so they didn't have, you know, firewalls. Firewalls, and it lacked many other safety features, including, like I mentioned, battery-operated exit lights. Uh, so the building was remodeled after the fire, and yet there was another fire there on twenty seventh on February twenty seventh, twenty ten. Another one. After which, uh, hotel management said, "We're good now. No more, no more fires. No I promise. We're, we're done, dude." Okay, so here's my lesson out there. If you live in an apartment complex, you need to go ask, you need to call your people or go ask your people, do we have firewalls in between? Very important. Very, very important. Firewall can stop a fire from burning your shit up when your neighbor catches their shit on fire. Trust me, I've seen that shit happen. It happened in an apartment complex I was living in. We had firewalls, baby, so we're all good. But it happened in a different building, so it didn't come to our building anyways. That's good. But yeah, that was Did good. Did it look crazy? Building like, eight. Was like one was built, up. one was burnt, and right next to it. Yeah. It's fine. It's fucking crazy looking. Yeah. Yep. So, just if, and if you don't live in an apartment complex with firewalls, just know that you might 
catch on fire from your neighbor. I'm just saying. Okay. So that's a good lesson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and always, you know, I, we say this every time we talk about fire stories, you just got to uh, look at this stuff, uh, look at where the exits are. Yes. And you know, if you don't even see exit lights over the exits, that's a bad sign. If you don't see, if you don't see exits, if you don't see exits at all, <laughs> exits at all that's, that's really bad. Thing. Yeah. That's really bad. But yeah, I, I think that's crazy. They had another fire. They like, you would think after being, having, being the site of the worst hotel fire in history that they'd like really tighten that shit up after that. Um, but no, they had another one in 2010. Yeah. And they wanted it to be the second. So now that the first and second, uh, good for them. yeah, yeah. I don't like burning to death. I don't think that's my favorite way to go. No. Well, it's not my uh, favorite way to go either. But in reality, um, most of these people die of smoking. Most people who die in, in fires are either going to die right. of being crushed or smoking of much. asphyxiation from the smoke. Right. So in the my, I'm changing the my answer than from before. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't jump anymore. So you wouldn't jump? Yeah, I would just inhale. If I knew I was going to die, mm-hmm. I would just... Just be like, fuck it. Just start inhaling smoke until I passed out, and then that's it. That's well, yeah. Because then at least you don't you don't have snap that sh- your neck the terror of of falling out of a twenty two story building. Yeah. <laughs> Although the the mattress idea, I mean, I, good idea. Props to the people who at least tried it. They at least tried. They it. they knew their chances were low, but they went for it. Crazy, the guy that fell out of the sling from the helicopter. Man, that sucks. I wonder God. if he did the Hans Gruber thing as he was falling, had that look of oh, like, yeah. you know, when the bad guy fell. But no. not saying he was a bad guy, but no. that sucks. Um, That'd be, uh, to, to think you're safe, to think you're safe, and just to fall out of the fucking helicopter. That's a macabre reality right there for that, that is, man. That's, that is macabre. So this next and last story, last story, last story of the week, uh, I'm calling, I'm dreaming of a wet Christmas. Me too. Friend. Um, on Christmas night in 1717, a massive storm hit the coast of the Netherlands, Germany, and Scandinavia. Mm. It's that- commonly known as the Christmas flood of 1717. Oh, okay. So it's famous. Yes. It's, it's remembered for sure. Floodwaters began to rise drastically, faster than anyone could compensate for, and soon whole villages and towns became engulfed. Dams and dikes were breached by the force of the uh, the water and storm, and the floods continued all throughout the usually cheery holiday. (laughs) Villages that were situated directly behind the dikes were completely swept away, and then later action had to be taken against looters who robbed houses and farms under the pretense of rescuing flood victims. Which this shit always goes on when there's a, when there's like a prolonged disaster like that and people are in, are in uh, bad situations and, and like emergency services and police and stuff are down, um, you might have some trouble. So you got to be yeah. wary. You got people who will take advantage. It, oh, absolutely. Any point, man. And that's 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 like going throughout history. That's today. That's in the past. That's always been the case. That's um, just human nature. That's unfortunate. Hey, that's part of our macabreality and all that shit. It is. Uh, so by the end of it, an estimated 14,000 people or more were drowned by the flooding and others were killed by the debris and disease that came later. And like I said, whole towns were just erased and wiped off the map. Like Darwin, Australia. 
Yeah, except I don't think they rebuilt these towns. At least Dang. Well, that because this is in 1717. This is in 1717. So. A lot of these were small. So it, it affected like a whole like region. I mean, it hit multiple countries. Um, so it's sort of similar to the um, the tsunami in that sense. Uh, not that kind of death toll, but that's still a lot of people. See, I watched like half an episode of 1883, and this is 1717. So this is even way before this. It's like um, wow. over 100 years before that. Holy uh, moly. And so, like, you know, Holland, Netherlands, all that is very low-lying country. There's a lot of dams and, and dikes uh, okay. holding the water back. So it's it's easily floodable. Was that it? That, that's um, all stories? Yeah, so Santa oh, did right. his uh, his trip around the world. I like that. I like that you did that and you got a little, you know, uh, we, didn't, we didn't give any presents to anyone, but we kind of got some knowledge from each place and then gave that knowledge to our listeners. Mm-hmm. As gifts. We're given the gift of knowledge and awareness. That's what I'm saying. The gift of awareness about these events um, yes. uh, all around the world. Yes, I like that. Knowledge and awareness. Knowledge and awareness to you and to all <laughs> a good night. Because knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So happy holidays to everyone out there. Thank you so much. You can always email us at macabpod1 at gmail.com. Find us at macabpod1 on Instagram and Facebook, all that. Uh, we have a Patreon now, so please go there. We have we we have explicit lyrics in our uh, episodes, so you cannot search for us on Patreon, which is very strange. Wait, what? But I have a link on. Uh, it's a whole thing. You can't search for new and upcoming uh, people on a Patreon if they have explicit things in there. So because we like to say fuck and goddamn it a lot, you can't really search for us on there. But our links are everywhere. I've been putting them out, so just oh, find us on there. What? We, I guess we should just. Not it's like cuss. an exclusive club. I think we'll try to. We'll try to. I mean, we'll just, we won't. We won't cuss anymore. Oh, that's not. No, we, we can do it. We'll do it. All right, fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it. <laughs> fuck it. You know yeah, what? No, fuck. Good. You know what? Fuck it. We'll do it. We'll do it on this next episode. On this next episode, it'll, be our, new, it'll be our New Year's resolution. Mm. So yes, for the council, I am. Josh, thank you so much for listening again. Stay safe out there and be careful not to find yourself in your own macabre reality. Bye-bye.